I saw a birch seed skittering across the frozen crust of snow the other day. It tumbled and cartwheeled in the winter wind, only to come to rest in the deep hoofprint of a deer. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. For several years, I lived alongside the quiet backwater of a small Downeast River. In summer, I would swim or canoe its tannin-stained waters, but it was in winter when the sinuous stretch of water came into its own. Most years, the liquid water of the river would transform into a crystalline highway for bobcats, coyotes, deer, and of course, me. By ice skate, ski, or snowshoe, I could traverse 10 or so miles stretching between a small dam to the south and a small waterfall to the north. Across the river were public lands, so I could feel free to follow tracks, investigate small frozen creeks, and generally soak up the winter splendor. On one such outing on skis, my partner in crime and I decided to follow a small feeder creek which chained together beaver ponds like so many pearls on a necklace. Three ponds in, we were overcome by a dense flock of birds whirling all around us from birch tree to birch tree hanging arched over the landscape as a relic of ice storms past. Upon closer inspection by camera and binoculars, we realized that this was an iconic flock of small winter finches, the common red pole. Red poles are small finches with diminutive pointed beaks made expressly for consuming the small winter seeds of birches, alders, willows, spruces, and various grasses, sedges, and rushes. They are streaky cream and brown with a characteristic forked tail and red splotch on the top of their little heads. Some individuals will have a pink wash over their breast feathers. They comb through the landscape from seed-bearing tree to seed-bearing tree, only stopping long enough to eat as many seeds as they efficiently can before moving on to the next. Redpolls are sporadic visitors to our neck of the woods. While technically part of their winter range, redpolls are decidedly polar in their preferences and only travel south seeking abundant food and warmer, sunnier haunts for the winter. If Maine's seed-bearing trees aren't particularly prosperous on a given year, the redpolls might go to Nova Scotia, Vermont, or perhaps Montana. Redpolls are far-ranging birds that care little about distance and care not at all for our human-imposed political borders. In fact, the phrase far-ranging almost doesn't capture just how far these flocks will travel. Redpolls summer in the Arctic tundra, and much like so many Arctic species, they are a ring species. That is to say that if you look down at the globe with the North Pole in the center, redpolls live all across the northern reaches of North America, Europe, and Asia in a donut-shaped distribution. Because there are few human communities in the tundra, most people only find them in the winter when they migrate southwards, but only when food in their locality is abundant. As a result, this common species, whose global breeding population is estimated around 160 million, is only seen fairly sporadically. Individuals will travel so far throughout this range that a redpole banded in Michigan was recovered in later years in Siberia, others banded in Alaska showed up in the eastern U.S., and yet another banded in Belgium later turned up in China. Surviving deep winter requires some specific adaptations. For one, when nighttime temperatures plummet, so do these little birds. Rather than perching in trees where they are exposed to the full brunt of a subarctic winter night, the birds instead will burrow up to a foot deep in fresh powdery snow 
where they are insulated from the cold and protected from the wind. While this protection is helpful, no home stays warm without stoking the furnace, and they sure know how to keep it stoked. A common red pole will consume almost half their weight in protein and fat-rich seeds each day, and can store around a third of this cash, about 2 grams, in a modified portion of their esophagus that serves as a pouch. This allows them to load up on food while exposed to harsh weather and hungry predators, then retreat to the safety and warmth of cover to dine in peace and safety, much like a chipmunk. So this weekend, what aspect of a red pole will you most embody? Will you travel far with your friends in search of suitable winter haunts? Will you frantically gather, prepare, and store food to ensure you have enough food to make it through the next cold spell? Or will you simply crash and burrow under a warm blanket to wait out the worst? Whatever path you choose, you might poke your head outside to see if you can catch a glimpse of one of these marvelous winter songbirds. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. Phonology.